Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. All right, all right, let's get started. Let me take this off speaker, and we're going to get started. We are thanking and praising God for another um, opportunity to have our Bible study. Uh, Let's see, where can we go from here? So we're going to get started. We're going to get right back in the book, Living Kingdom Living, Following the Perspectives and Practices of the King. Kingdom Living Part 2, got to say Part 2 because we finished with Part 1. Um, we don't have a whole lot of pages. Oh, yeah, yeah, we don't have a whole lot of pages left. Um, tonight we're going to get started on page number 19, left side, midway down the page. I'm hearing some, let me look back. All right, and if everybody was star, what is it, star six, star six and mute your lines, then that way we will not get any feedback. Um, Page 19, left side, and uh, the phrase is, kingdom people value righteousness. And y'all, and you you know we have um, said it over and over and over again. Um, if, if, again, part of your core, if you're not desiring to be righteous, uh, the Bible calls it holy, and you're going to find out the, the principles, the definition, the makeup of righteousness and holiness run parallel in many points of the definition. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Um, they run parallel, and, and the Bible says, be holy as I'm holy. That's be righteous because I'm righteous, um, doing things the right way. So that is our desire. And if that's not your desire, let me tell you something. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be challenging for you to live in a way that's going to please God if your desire is not to be righteous. Your desire at your core, no, 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 I don't want to do it because it's not right. It's not righteous. It's not holy. If, if holiness, it, again, even if it's your desire and you're running after it and you miss, that you find yourself slipping and falling into areas that are unrighteous, that's sin, that's dark, if that's your desire and you keep running, I'm telling you, you're going to see that you are blessed in your pursuit. You say, but I messed up. Pursue. But I slipped and fell. Pursue. That's got to be your pursuit. That's your desire. And you're going to find out that God blesses in your pursuit. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you. We bless your name for being such an awesome God in our lives. Pray right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. Teach the Bible study. Hear with our ears. Hear with our heart. Let your word penetrate even to the core of who we are, that it might transform us, that it might wash us, that we might walk according to your word, your will, and your way. We thank you in the name of your son, Jesus. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Again, thank you so much for being on the call, being on time, logged in and ready. Kingdom people value righteousness and spiritual well-being more than sight, dexterity, or anything else in this world. And that's, you, you got to get to the place where everything else 
is second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. But most of all, I want to be like Christ. You get up in the morning with it on your mind. No, no, no. It's not your goal. It's not your, it's not your, uh, your personal goal, let's say financially. It's not your personal goal, mon- not monetarily, um, with your possessions. You know, I get up in the morning with, with that house that I want on my mind. No, my thing, you've got to get it. We've got to please, I want to please God today. I want to bring God's name glory. And we're going to talk about it over and over again. You're going to hear me mention it. Listen, obedience to God is always a reward. I don't believe you. If you find it, please bring it to my attention where there is obedience without a reward. God is saying, I will bless you if you walk in the ways that I'm asking you. And your pursuit, your pursuit is really all about pleasing him. God, it's about you. Wow, look what I just. Wow, where did this come from? And then you start pursuing again, and you're thanking God, and you're doing your your obedience. You're walking according to the the word of God. Oh, where did this come from? Man, thank you, God. And you go back to pursuing. No, no, no. You're not, oh, okay, I planted this corn seed, and I'm expecting to get some corn. Where's my corn? This corn should grow. And, And, again, sometimes you become clock watchers when you do that. I did this, and, I, and, and where is my blessing at? I did this. No, no, no. You just start doing and doing and doing. You're going to see. God will. I believe the word is true. He will open the windows of heaven. He will pour you out a blessing. You will not have room enough to receive. I believe it with all my heart. I believe it with all my heart. On, on page 19, midway, right across, it says the only permission that Christ granted for putting away a wife was her continual unchaste behavior. So when it comes to righteousness and a righteous man, Christ called righteous men to protect, patiently live with, and love their wives. We watched uh, co-pastor um, set us up on Sunday with a video concerning marriage. We had a couple, uh, the Johnsons, to come forward and 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 kind of lead us through that service, um, and in particularly the beginning of that service. And and co-pastor gave us this video, and the video talked about how God uses marriages to build our relations, that husband, that wife, build the relationship with him. Now, again, you may look at your marriage in a whole different way, and we're talking about righteousness, and and, and particularly when it comes to couples right now, and when it comes to couples, many times what, what we find out as couples is that you find yourself trying to get out of your relationship. Why? Because I'm not satisfied in this area or I'm not satisfied in that area. I wish we could do more of this or I wish we could go here. I wish we had this and we had that. Listen, your your desire in whether you're single, thank you, Holy Ghost, or whether you're married is my relationship with God. And God uses your singleness. God uses your marriage to build your relationship with him. It's not, watch, it's not about achieving all you can down here. It's about achieving all you can in eternity. And if you're thinking eternity, you're thinking God. And if you're thinking eternity and you're thinking God, then you're thinking obedience. If you're thinking eternity and you're thinking God, then you're thinking obedience. And watch this. Then if you're thinking obedience, watch this. It's righteousness. That's what he's, he's calling us to do. That's where he's calling us. That's what he's calling us to. Husbands, if you're going to be righteous men, you're going to protect, you're going to patiently live with and love their wives. Christ also addressed the believer's behavior when it came to contractual agreements. Now, we're migrating from the marriage, righteousness, but even when it comes to contractual agreements, verses 33 through 37, 
in Matthew, and I believe that's five, Matthew five, right? I'm just flipping to make sure. Yeah, Matthew five, thirty-three to thirty-seven. Contractual arrangements. Did I say agreements? Arrangements. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Now watch this, and we're going to look at uh, five. Uh, let's go into the Bible Gateway. Bible Gateway. Come on, computer. I, I, I did the update prior to. Let's go over here. Let's look at it in five different translations. BibleGateway.com. Matthew 5. And we're going to go straight to 33-37. Now, Cooper is making it a habit. Every time I get on the Bible study, he comes knocking on the door. What do you want, buddy? I hear you talking in there, and I'm not in there, so I would like to come in and hear what you're saying. <laughs> Help us, God. Watch this. Matthew 5, and we're going to read it in the Message Bible translation. Matthew 5, 33 to 37. And it says, and don't say anything you don't mean. This counsel is embedded deep in our traditions. You only make things worse when you lay down a smokescreen of pious talk saying, I'll pray for you and never doing it, or saying, God be with you and not meaning it. You don't make your words, you don't make your words true by embellishing them with religious lace. Help us, God. In making your speech sound more religious, and we're going to deal with that, it becomes less true. Just say yes and no. When you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong. I like that translation. Contractual arrangements. Flip over. Top of page 20. Pot, top of page 20. It started, da, 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 where did it start at? Instead of just, instead of just, um, instead of just saying yes and no, the Jews would make oaths against heaven, Jerusalem, and it says that they would even swear upon their own heads. That's verse number 36. Christ calls us to be what? True to our word. If you say it, you got to do it. If Watch this. If you're not going to do it, if you're not certain, you're going to do it. And that's why the Bible talks about, Lord will, I'll do this or do that. Lord will, I'll do this or I'll do that. See, when you're connected to God in such a way that the power of God is resting upon you, you realize, in myself, I can't do nothing. I can't accomplish anything. Matter of fact, I can't tell you that I'm going to be there tomorrow, and I do it all the time. I tell folks, Lord will. Lord will, I'll do this. Lord will, I'll do that. Why? Because you don't know whether you're going to be there tomorrow. You don't know if you're going to survive throughout the night. You'll make a statement and, and don't know whether you can back it up or not. That's verse number 36. Verse number 36 in the King James. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. True to your word. True to your word. Have integrity. That's what it says in Proverbs, right? In Proverbs. Look at Proverbs chapter 11. Look at verse number 3. 
Thank you, Holy Ghost. It talks about integrity. It says, Proverbs Amplified, the integrity and moral courage of the upright will guide them. It's not right. I don't want to do it. It's not right. That's not my aim. Integrity. If it's wrong, I don't want to have nothing to do with it. I don't even want a hint of it. It says a little leaven, leaven is the whole lump. A little bit of darkness makes your whole life dark. I don't want any darkness at all, all light, all salt, all preserving, all honoring God. That's got to be your aim. See, when that's your goal, when that's your aim, when that's your, watch this, that's your mission. That's what you're running after. That's the mark that you're pressing for. When you find out, watch this, when you find out that that's where you're going, you're, you're pursuing this thing, you're going to find out God is going to put a, a turbo in your effort. What do you mean turbo? It's going to give you a boost. It's going to give you extra energy. Some folks don't, may not know what turbo is. The integrity and moral courage of the upright will guide them. It'll stop you. It'll stop. It's something deep down inside of me. Integrity is in my heart, so I can't do you wrong. Integrity is in my heart, so I can't talk about you. Why? Because that's what the word says. When I talk about you, I'm talking about me. Talking about me. Thank you, Holy Ghost. God's Watch this. Good people, and I'm looking from, I'm reading it out of the easy-to-read version. It says, good people are guided by their honesty, but crooked, but crooks who lie and cheat will ruin themselves. Again, with the wrong motives, you always trying to get the hand up on somebody, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect you. Obedience gets a reward. Disobedience is going to get detriment. Thank you, Holy Ghost. That was Proverbs chapter 11, verse number three. Here we go. Take another one. Because when, when your word is so important, it's like when you make a vow. When you make a vow, it's important to keep that vow. Deuteronomy chapter 23. Look at 21 to 23. Deuteronomy 23, 21. Okay. Okay, hold on. What just happened? Oh, it's acting goofy. Hold on. Mute, Deuteronomy chapter 23, verses 21 to 23. When thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it. For the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee. Help us, God. And it will be sin in thee. He will require it of thee, and it would be sin in thee. But if thou shalt forbear to vow, it shall be no sin in thee. Verse number 23. That which is gone out of thy lips, thou shalt keep and perform. Even a free will offering according as thou hast vowed unto the Lord thy God which thou hast promised with thy mouth. What is it saying, Pastor? Make it plain. Good news translation. When you make a vow to the Lord your God, do not put off doing what you promised. The Lord will hold you to your vow. No, no, no. That's got to soak in. The Lord will hold you to your vow. And it is a sin not to keep it. 
It is no sin not to make a vow to the Lord. If you don't make it, it's okay. But if you make it, the Lord's going to hold your feet to the fire. But if you make one voluntarily, be sure to keep it. And you better understand that when you say, I, oh, my God, thank you, Lord. It, when you say, I accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, good God Almighty, it's a what? It's a vow. That's why you got to be, you have to understand. Matter of fact, Sunday after service, we got a young man there. He was going, he's going to be um, being baptized. And when you're baptized, you got to understand fully what you're doing. What you're saying with your act, we talked about it on Sunday. Your words is one thing. Your actions is a whole other thing. You want to make sure that your actions back up your words. When your actions say that I'm dying to the old man and I'm coming up a new man, listen, it ain't no more, uh, uh, he ain't through with me yet, I still got some work. No, 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 your pursuit is not right. You're not running after righteousness. If you run after righteousness, and that is your pursuit, because that's what I said, not even with my mouth, I'm saying it with my actions by way of baptism. Baptism is a watery grave, and you're dying to the old nature and coming up in the new nature. And when you come up in that new nature, listen, I'm putting all that old stuff behind me. That's not what I'm doing. No, some people use that as a scapegoat. You say, the Lord is not through with me yet. No, you don't want to work. I'm not there yet. No, you don't want to work. If you begin to work, you're going to find out God will get in your working. He'll get in the ING part of the work. The process, ING, it's in the process of I'm doing it right now. I didn't bounce where, where that was before. I'm not going to bounce. No, I'm bouncing. I'm doing this thing right now, and God will get in your right now. And he'll make, watch this, he'll make your efforts advanced. Thank you, God. I think I'm getting feedback because I think I hear a speaker. Watch this. There it is. I hear something. Star six, please, star six. Star six, your line. If you star six, okay. then that'll that'll okay. mute your line. There you go. Thank you. Okay, watch this. Stay focused. If you vow, it's it's you got to keep it. Your word is your bond. God, listen. It's it's not me. To, and, and many times that's how folks get the scapegoat. They 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 look at the word of God. As if I'm doing it. No, no, no. I'm not doing it. This is God doing it. All right? Here's your next scripture. Write it down. Because, again, everything you're doing, you're basing it on the word. First John, your word is your bond. Chapter 2, let's look at 3 through 5. Your word is your bond. What I say I'm going to do. And then particularly when you say it to God, watch this. You say it to God. And then you live a lifestyle that dishonors him. Uh, many times, let me tell you something, grace and mercy, when it comes to mercy, many times when we hear the word mercy, it should bring tears to our eyes. Because we have made a vow to God. We say something that we're going to do, and then we don't do it, and God does not punish us severely. Thank God for the chastening of those whom he loves, how he brings us back around gently. Thank you, God. He brings us back around gently. Some of the things we go through is not because <clears throat> of some evil that we've done. God allows certain things in our life to cause us to come back around in line with him, to recognize and realize, guess what? I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm not doing what I vowed to do. No, I, you did not say I make a vow. You said I accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. 
And when you did, watch this, there's a lifestyle that should follow. When, you, when that lifestyle does not follow, you'll find out that that's a vow you made to God. You made it before man. Yes, man witnessed it. But you made that to God. And God has a way of helping you, watch this, to keep your vow. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. And I'm reading in the King James. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. This, is, this all goes along with accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. And if you accept him as your Savior, then guess what? You have an obligation to keep his commandments. This is what we say when we say we accept him as our Savior. So when you can't remember, when you, excuse me, when you have not memorized his commandments, but you say you love him, I love you, Lord. I'm wondering, you, 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 you have to evaluate this yourself. Make the statement and then tell me if you feel that this is a vow, when you say, I love you, Lord, is that a vow to him? If you say you love him, you'll keep his commandments. Watch this. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whosoever, whoso, whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. That's when the power of God, when you, when you say that you know him, when you say that you love him, when you say that that's my savior, there are some job descriptions, lack of a better word, lack of a better phrase. There's a job description. That go, there's a commitment, thank you, Holy Ghost, that comes with that. So you can't just arbitrarily talk about you love him I'm committed to him, I know him, and not follow what he asks you to do. When you know what to do and you don't do it, then guess what? That's sin. Here we go. Watch this. Easy to read. If we obey what God has told us to do, then we are sure that we know him. If we say we know God but do not obey his commands, obedience gets rewards, we are lying. The truth is not in us. But when we obey God's teachings, his love is truly working in us. Obedience gets reward. The power of God starts to work in you through your obedience. When you read his word, obey his word, and you're going to find out the power of God. Watch this. It brings more of God in you. I don't know if you ever you, you if you've seen a, a hard sponge, totally dry. Put it under the water, and slowly it, it it all. Thank you, Holy Ghost. It all doesn't become moist or saturated in the water all at once. Matter of fact, thank you, Holy Ghost. If you put it under a dripping faucet, no, 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 not turning the faucet on. Thank you, God. You got you to gotta get this concept because this is where we are when it comes to having a relationship with God. You put it under a dripping faucet. and Watch this. And the faucet is only dripping one drop. Every hour. The sponge is as big as, let me get something that everybody's got to know. The sponge is as big as a standard basketball. Everybody knows regulation size basketball. Not a small one, not a supersonic big one. Regular size basketball. It is a hard sponge as big as a basketball. The faucet is dripping one drop 
I don't know if I said half an hour, so let's go to an hour. It's only dripping one drop every hour. I know what you're thinking. It's going to take a while for that basketball to become saturated with water. Matter of fact, I'm wondering, I'm wondering how many days would it take for the basketball to be saturated with water where it's only dripping one drop. And the drop is small. I'm talking the head of a pen, a ballpoint pen, just a little drop. Thank you, God. Think about it. However, the, in order for us to operate in the power of God, you need to be soaked in water. What, what am I saying? It's really the word of God getting in your heart, your deep thoughts, being saturated by the word of God. What happens, thank you, God, evil is represented in the room as well. So many times what we have been saturated, no, 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 wet, what we have been wet with, evil is in the room represented by air or heat. Heat in the room. So you got the sponge representing you, big as a basketball. You got the word of God, the spirit of God, the life of God, represented by the water that's dropping every hour. Then you've got heat in the room. Come on now, I know you see it. The heat is working against the spirit of God, the word of God, the life of God that's saturating you. Little by little, it's starting to penetrate, but now you got heat in the room that's drying up the word of God that's in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope you hear it. It's just like the seed in the soil, and, and then the enemy comes and snatches it away. That's what happens. So you're constantly putting yourself under this faucet and trying to get saturated, but you got things in this room, you got things in life that's causing you, watch this, to not keep your vow, causing you not to memorize the commandments of God. So what you don't know, what you don't remember, what you don't recall, guess what? It's going to be hard for you to keep. You got to saturate yourself at all times with the word of God. Why? Because the enemy is trying to dry up what is already planted in you. This is what the Bible says. That, but whoso, I'm looking in the King James, verse number 5, 1 John chapter 2, but whosoever keeps his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Wow, it's blowing me away. It's blowing me away. And, and you're going through this wet and, and drying out, wet and drying out, wet and drying out. And let me tell you something. There is a way to turn the faucet. Good God Almighty, thank you, Lord. There is a way to turn the faucet up so it's not dripping no one drop every hour. Watch what it says. Psalms. Number one, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate what? Day and night. Turn the water on and let it run. No, no, no. I don't care how much I'm so saturated in the word of God that even the heat of the enemy that tries to dry, can't dry it out. Matter of fact, I'm putting the heat out. It tries to dry it out, but no, 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 it can't dry this out because I'm sad. It says if you, if you meditate on it day and night, 
I'll make you like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Your leaves are not going to wither, and whatsoever you do is, is going to prosper. Saturation is your desire. Saturation is your prayer. Staying in the word and, and being committed to the word is your desire. Help us, God. What was that? First John chapter 2, verse 3 through 5. But when you, I'm looking at the easy to read, but when we obey God's teaching, that's turning it up, his love is truly working in us. This is how we know that we are living in him. Obedience. I'm telling you, you're going to see it over and over and over again. Righteousness, obedience. That will be done. Obedience, righteousness, done is done by faith. It's done by what you believe. If you listen, I'm not talking about coming on Bible study just to punch your car and say, "Oh, I've I've made it to every Bible study." I I my attendance card looks well. No, it's not about your attendance card. It's about you walking according to what we're learning. And when you walk it, let me tell you something. It's going to bear witness with your spirit. Your word is your bond. Let's keep it moving. All right? True to your word. It says, kingdom people, I'm, I'm still at page 20, top of page 20, left side. Kingdom people are to speak their word and then be faithful to it, regardless of the implications. Whatever, if, if it's going to bring out, listen, I got to do it. Whatever the conclusions are, guess what? I've got to, it's my word. I've got to do it. No, I'm not shrinking back. I'm going to double down on what I'm saying. I'm going to keep, no, no, no. If I said it, I got to do it. Lord, help me. When it comes to, bottom of page 20, when it comes to what Christ is asking us to do, this is diffusing evil in the midst of unrighteous circumstances. That's what he's asking. Diffusing evil in the midst of unrighteous circumstances. Well, where in the world is the unrighteous circumstance going to come? It's called life. And God allows us, verses 39 to 48, he's going to allow us to come into some unrighteous circumstances. Life is going to come. You're going to have rain. You're going to have wind. You're going to have storms. You're going to have um, um, sun, ups and downs. You're going to have them. And watch this. In the midst of that, you've got to diffuse evil. And the only, I'm telling you, you're going to have on a force shield that the enemy cannot deal with when you saturate yourself in this word. Top of page uh, 20, right side, it says, he notes that while our normal response when we, watch this, are wronged is revenge, a kingdom person would rather be slapped twice than to return evil by slapping the person back. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not there. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Listen, that's got to be your goal. You mean to tell me, Pastor, if somebody slapped you? Listen, my goal is to honor this word. What? No, no, no. When that's your goal, and, and let me tell you something. When you say, listen, they can steal from me and I will forgive them. They can hurt me, I will forgive them. They can slap me, and guess what? I'm not retaliating. That's got to be your goal. No, 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 that's not what it means. That's not what it means. Okay. Keep seeking and searching out this word and find out if God doesn't reveal. I believe God is true to his word. If you ask him, any man lack wisdom, let him ask of the Father. That's got to be your goal. I'm trying to please him in every area of our 
in, of my life, and you've got to make that commitment for yourself. Watch what it says. Help us, God. It says, right here, it says, and if someone sues us for our shirt in court, then we should offer that person our coat. Let it soak in. This is my goal. Now, the key is if you've got a earthly mindset about living, then it's not going to make sense. If you've got an eternal living with God forever, then you understand this has a greater meaning than your embarrassment or you're looking like, like you're a sucker, a chump, a punk here on earth. It's got more to do with my eternal relationship with God than it does with my earthly relationship with man. So many things that God is asking us to do does not look right in the eyes of man. Watch what it says. Next area. In some, here we go. If someone forces us to go a mile, then we should offer to go an additional mile. Verse number 41. What God is asking us to do is to value peace more than fighting back. I don't know. It's, listen, he's not asking us for no cakewalk. Okay, what God is asking in the Bible is for everybody to get ice cream and cake. What God is asking us in the Bible is for everybody to take off your socks and shoes and be able to walk on rose petals. I know it's difficult, but that's what he's asking us to do. Eat this cake and ice cream and walk on rose petals. No, no, no. It's difficult. It's challenging your, watch this, your natural man to be subdued to your spiritual man. So things that you will exercise in your natural man, your fleshly man, is going to benefit on the spiritual side and build you up. So it's contrary to the way you think in the natural, but it is in line, thank you, Holy Ghost, with what God is asking you to do to build, build you up on your spiritual side. Value peace more than fighting back. The value, watch this, they value a relationship more than a shirt. And they are willing to go out of their way to benefit another person. And many times, listen, I'm thinking, listen, I got to take care of me. I'm doing me. I'm taking care of my agenda. That's not the way God has set this thing up for the believer. You're valuing the relationship. Watch this. Relationship with God and the relationship with your brothers and sisters. And when that trumps, thank you, God, when that trumps what you are going through for your personal gain, when your relationship with God trumps your relationship with yourself, when your relationship with others, brothers and sisters, your neighbor trumps, your own personal goals, then you're going to find out the power of God, the blessing of God is going to rest upon you in a way that you ain't never seen it before. You think you've seen some, some breakthrough now. Start putting God first. Start putting his word first. Start putting the people of God first. You're going to find out it's going to rest on you in a way. It's going to turn that faucet of the Holy Spirit. That faucet of the word of God is going the revelation of God's word is going to be turned on in a way. Watch this. The enemy's not going to be able to do anything with you.
this this is revolutionary kingdom behavior what is revolutionary kingdom behavior when you are willing to go out of your way to benefit others do you believe that this is revolutionary thank you god kingdom behavior do you believe it put others first no i can't say that oh i'm concerned about that oh i hope i didn't hurt her feelings oh i didn't hurt i hope i didn't i'm sorry it's on my mind I'm, I'm, i may have done something to offend you i'm sorry i didn't mean to do that why because others are important to me there's a good example of, of concerning the soviet union and educational leaders uh, were sent to Russia, and they had and they organized there to to show Jesus, a film about Jesus, and teachings and training was going on. I like the little story, but I skipped it. Flip over to page twenty-two. Midway down, left side of twenty-two. It says, going the extra mile diffuses the tension in a hostile environment. And, and again, the focus was obedience to God's word is always going to get a reward. Obedience to God's word. However, you're going to find out over and over and over again that in the midst of unrighteous circumstances, that's when the call to obedience is going to be highlighted. It's going to be spotlighted. It's going to be under the microscope. In the midst of what? Unrighteous circumstances, you're going to find out obedience is highlighted. It's under the microscope. And God has a way of tapping you on the shoulder when he requires the obedience and we're disobedient, and he taps us on the shoulder and says, guess what? He reveals that word. You're talking about revelation, revelation knowledge, the, the revelation of the word of God. When God reveals to you something that we're studying in Bible study, something that we study in Sunday school, Boom, boom, boom. He taps you on the shoulder and shows you, listen, that was your opportunity to practice what you're learning. It's not a point of just passing tests. Pop quiz came up. I did wonderful on the pop quiz. No, no, no. Your pop quiz is your life. Going, uh, where were we at? Here we go. Going the extra mile diffuses the tension in a hostile environment and kept the Russians' heart open to the much more significant issue of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and what, I'm sh what I'm trying to teach and get across is that when we do what God calls us to do in these, I love this phrase, I keep going back to it, unrighteous circumstances, you're going to find out that's one of your most powerful witnessing tools. That's one of the tools that you're going to use to draw somebody else to Christ. It says, no, 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 we're not fishing for fish. We're fishing for men. And one of the most powerful tools that you're going to use to catch men and to shine the light on the glory of God, not the glory of man, not your glory, but to shine the light on the glory of God is going to be in those unrighteous circumstances to go the extra mile to diffuse the tension in a hostile environment. That's what's going to make folks see Jesus. Verse 43 to 48. You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemies. You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's the world's concept. Some of us are still doing it. Christian for years. Certain folks, I just do not get along with him. I do not get along with her. It's not even your goal to try. 
Your goal, when listen, when you're a believer, your goal is if I've got an issue with somebody, my goal is to keep peace. My goal is to go after that relationship. Why? Because God is allowing me to be fashioned by that relationship. What is this fashioning? Fashioning into a life similar to represent, thank you, Holy Ghost, to reflect Christ. If that's not your goal, then you're breaking your vow, and you're going to see that God is using a lot of, good God Almighty, help us, God, a lot of your years, he's still trying to fashion you to have a lifestyle of obedience to his word, to have a lifestyle that you're using the example of Christ as your role model. No, no, no. You're not loving your, your um, it says, and you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemies. Top of page uh, 22, right side. I don't get mad. I get even. I don't get mad. I get even. That's Listen, you may not say it out your mouth, but your actions are showing it. No, no, no. You're going after that person because they got one up on you. They embarrassed you, and you have made it your goal, your purpose, your aim is to get them back. I don't get mad. I get even. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, forgive me. No, that's what needs to happen when that's your mindset. Oh, no, I'm going to get them back. Father, forgive me. What we're supposed to be doing is loving our enemy and praying for those who persecute us. Verse number 44. That's when we become more like the Father. That's when we become more like Christ. Matthew, right, chapter 5. Verse number 44. We're going to read it in the Amplified. But I say to you, love, that is unselfishly, seek the best or higher good for. Good God Almighty. Let that soak in. Amplified, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 44. But I say to you, love. See, again, all this goes with the vow you made that I am a Christian. I accept. That's a vow. I accept the Lord Jesus Christ, the sacrificial blood of Christ as my Savior. When that really soaks in the vow that you made to God to walk as a believer, but I say to you that that is unselfishly seek the best or the high good for your enemies. Come on, maybe it's the translation. Maybe you're trying to you got to try to translate enemies. What what does it what, break the word down? Let's look at the definition. What, it's your enemy. It's not a misunderstanding. It's your enemy. It is somebody that's negative towards you. It's somebody that plots and plans and digs ditches in your your path that you might fall in it. Traps, setting traps. No, 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 you got to get it. Here we go. But I say to you, love, that is, unselfishly, seek the best or higher good for your enemies, and pray for those who do what? Persecute you. Those who treat you badly. When someone gives you a hard time, respond. This is the message. Respond with the energies of prayer. For they, for then you are working out of your true self, your God-created self. This is what God does. I've said it before. The enemy brings up a particular person and, and tries to have me come in a negative way, start praying for him. 
Father, right now in the name of Jesus. The enemy is trying to divide. Watch this. When you start, good God Almighty, thank you, Lord. When you start seeing this, that when the, the enemy brings a particular person or thing or goal that's not in line with what God has placed as a goal, as a, as a relationship with a person, when the enemy brings that person in and you see the negativity that comes with it, you got to look at it, thank you, Holy Ghost, that this is, this is an attempt to divide me from my father. God says when it comes to his side of the, side of the relationship, watch this. God says when it comes to his side of the relationship, nothing is going to be able to pluck you out of his hand. Nothing. Listen, this is what he says. When it comes to my side, don't worry about this. I got you. I'm holding on to you. What you have to do is smack my hand, break away from me, in order for you to get away from me. It's, I'm holding on to you. The only thing you can do is to separate yourself from me. How do I do that? God says nothing is going to be able to separate. Um, he's, nothing is going to pluck me out of my hand. My sin is what's going to mess me up. My disobedience is what's going to mess me up. So when you look at it, oh, no, you're not. You're not going to separate me. The enemy, a enemy or the enemy, thank you, God. A enemy here on earth, the enemy, the devil, is not going to separate me from God. So what am I going to do? I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient. Thank you, Lord. This is how we become like the Father, which is in heaven. Listen to what it says. The centerpiece of the kingdom is righteousness. The centerpiece, I, I didn't, you know I didn't write it. This is not my book. I'm not the author. The centerpiece of the kingdom is righteousness. That is in conflict with a fallen environment. The enemy cannot, when that's your goal, that's why I said at your core, you got to have that will be done. God, I love you. God, what you want is better than what I want. God, you know, my goodness, if that will be done was not a part of who I am right now in the name of Jesus, I would be praying some stuff. I can't pray it outside of the will of God. I can't pray it if it doesn't line up, watch this, with the word of God. That's why Jesus had to pick the, the ear up of Malchus, the, 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 the soldier, and put it back on and say, hold on, take me away. No, there are certain things that c comes with the will of God. There are certain things that come with the prophecy. It's been prophesied that this is going to come to pass. So if you're not in line, listen, the power of God cannot rest upon you if you don't have the will of God at the core of who you are. I don't care. Watch this. If you put mama and daddy, no, 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 I don't care if it's the will of God or not. That's my parents. They're going to live forever. If you put mama and daddy, why? I love them more than I love God. Then the power of God can't rest upon you. You're not worthy. If your kids, good God Almighty, you, you may not be able to get with this. If your kids mean more to you than God, then guess what? Uh-uh, can't do it. Why? Because, see, the power of God, you've got to be saturated in the will of God. When you're saturated in the will of God, you're going to be obedient. When you're obedient, you're going to walk in righteousness. When you walk in righteousness, listen, you can't do it without faith. You can't be obedient without faith. You can't be saturated in the will of God without faith. It says the centerpiece is righteousness. In other words, the kingdom is measured by what's going on inside of us and what is spiritually right. What is spiritually right is of greater value than what may seem, come on, you better get this, 
to us to be personally or physically right. No, that's really got to soak in. You're not praying a prayer arbitrarily. You're not praying off the top of your head because that's what they asked you to agree with them in prayer. I can't do it unless the Father says do it. I can't go unless the Father says go. I can't speak it unless, Father, according to your will. Deep down inside, that's my desire. Not personally, not physically right, spiritually right. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks to God. I see time has gotten away. Wow. Thank you, God. I pray that it blessed you. Have a good night. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.